This is season three. So we're going to do this a third time. Episode number 65. Third time. Third, third time's the charm. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get going. officially back hey y'all hey y'all hey hey how y'all doing did y'all miss us <laughs> it is 2020 the last time we did an episode was what 2018 yeah july of 2018 so um the mastering Mar- the mastering marriage podcast is officially back so um it's been a while and yeah we would like to recommit to this process so uh we got a lot of information to share with you guys today, but I just wanted to let you guys know we're back. We missed y'all too. And see, during the time that we were off, we took a hiatus for about a year and a half. We had other projects, other books, a lot of books and stuff that we had to do. Raising our uh, baby girl. Oh yeah, Zaya, she's almost two. Um, but uh, we've had tons and tons of requests to get the, po- the podcast started. So we're back to doing yeah. it. And being that this is a new year, we decided to just do that. We're going to go ahead and focus on the podcast because that's one area that we kind of let the ball drop and mm-hmm. people really were, were benefiting from it. So we're going to go ahead and get started with that again. And we commit to being more consistent, right? Do you make that commitment? I Amanda make that commitment. Taylor? <laughs> oh, you looking at me? David Lamont? You ain't got to give my government. Hey, government. Give them first and last. But yeah, anyway, hey. we both make that commitment to being more consistent with this Mastering Marriage podcast. So uh, we're going to do that starting with today's episode. So I'm not going to waste any more of you guys' time because y'all been waiting. Mandy's been waiting. Um, <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and get started. Unless there's anything you want to add. I just say let's get it. Let's get it. So guys, today in today's episode, we're going to be talking about a topic that no matter the condition of your marriage, whether it's you know, headed towards, you know, divorce and y'all need to come see me in my office for marriage counseling, or you just need some, you know, help with certain areas like communication or conflict, no matter the condition, whether it's new, whether it's old, uh, this information is going to be very useful for you guys. So Mm -hmm. starting off with the new year, it's important to start your marriage off this new year with implementing healthy habits. Um, And to do that, you're very. You, you're gonna need one thing. You're gonna need to understand one thing first. So, Just one. Well, one main thing. There's <laughs> other. There's tons of things. I wrote a whole book about it. Uh, but yeah, you did. <laughs> but we don't need to talk about that right now. There, there's <laughs> one main thing that you're gonna want to have a good understanding on. So today we're gonna talk all about God's true intent for your marriage, mm. because this kind of sets the tone for how you see how you see your marriage determines how you treat your marriage, mm-hmm. and so. Understanding God's true intent will help you guys to understand how you need to position yourself and actually manage your marriage more effectively. I want to start by saying this. Over these last 15 years, I have worked with hundreds of couples who uh, have struggled at some point with having a healthy perception of their marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, And because they struggle, they often position themselves inside of their marriage in a manner that detracts from their marriage's potential. And I believe that if you position your marriage in the correct manner, your marriage can move from being a liability to becoming an asset. Definitely. An asset that can actually have lasting impacts on the world and on those that are that you guys are around. So I'm really talking about making sure that your marriage is moving from just existing to 
being something that's a world changer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as, as Mandy used to say in our older episodes, our goal is to break the back of divorce, you mm-hmm. know, snap, mm-hmm. crackle, pop. Right. And the only way we can do that is really to position ourselves inside of our marriage the correct way to mm-hmm. contend against the forces that are meant to really destroy marriage. So one has to understand God's true intention for your marriage. But see, here's the thing. What you'll find is that God is actually more interested in what your marriage can produce than he is in what your present experience is inside of your marriage. Wow. So like you'll find that he is more interested in you being purified by your marriage than he is in you being happy inside of your marriage. Yeah, that's 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 a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, it is. And you know, you've and I know I'm no Mandy, the clients that we work with, and just in general, you've heard people say all about, you know, wanting to be happy in their marriage. Um and someone said years ago, probably about four or five years ago now, um, I think it was Candace. Um, but she said that God is not interested in making... So, Candace, if you're listening, what do you do? <laughs> um, I know I'm sure she is, so that's a shout-out to Candace. Um, so she said, God is not interested in your marriage making you happy. He's interested in your marriage making you holy. Holy, yes. yes. And so, like, if you think about it, your marriage and your spouse becomes a mirror. They're your looking glass. They are the individuals that um, will see the deepest recesses of your heart. They're going to see you at your best and they're going to see you at your worst. They're going to mm-hmm. reflect back to you your true nature. Mm-hmm. So not only the mask that you wore and that we all wear, you know, or wore when we first met our spouses, but mm-hmm. they're going to get to see you when, you know, your laundry smells. They're going mm-hmm. to get to see you when your feet is ashy. You know, they can get mm-hmm. to see you when you you got morning breath. They can get to see you when you have your attitudes and oh, all, yeah. the, all of the stuff that you don't really show people in public. Mm-hmm. And that's why your spouse is your mirror. And they're the sole individuals that God will use to reflect back to you the true nature of your heart. I was reading a post on Facebook today, and it said that your true character is revealed when pressure is applied. Mm. And I believe that that is so true, especially inside your marriage, because we have so many things that happen inside of our marriage that puts pressure on us, whether yeah. it's raising your children, providing for your family, working through issues financially, spiritually, you know, physically, emotionally, whatever mm-hmm. it is, that's pressure applied. And it's however you handle that <laughs> speaks to your character. Mm-hmm. And, and that can be hard to, to swallow and to think about. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point because marriage will produce pressure. Um, it's just part of being married and pressure is not a bad thing. And unfortunately, a lot of times when pressure is applied, people run mm. now, hear me, hear me clearly. I know that clearly. there are certain situations <laughs> where people will get a divorce. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're about breaking the back of divorce, but in some situations there, you know, people will make that decision. But what we have to decide between is, are we just going to run at the first, you know, uh, feeling of pressure or are we going to actually attempt to work through those things when they're uncomfortable? Yeah. Yeah. And it usually takes, I found probably the first two years of marriage with us, the first year of marriage, but usually the first two, three years of marriage where you actually start to move from that cloud nine experience to actually feeling the actual pressure of being a husband or a wife. Yeah. That um, or some major event happening. Yeah. Like Something. A death, yeah. Sickness, yeah. Losing a job. job. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I see you. I see you over there. <laughs> um, but you're right. And and, and so th- think about this, guys. God is not interested in just you being happy. He's interested in you being holy. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. That's a completely different level of living. Mm-hmm. And the only way for you to be holy is to get rid or to to lose the things that are actually holding you back from becoming your best version. Mm-hmm. And your spouse is in your life to help you do just that. And holy doesn't mean you just in church every Sunday yeah, and you just yeah. on your knees and yeah. all the time. I mean, yes. I mean, yes, we should always practice the presence of God. But holy means that you're shedding, you're you're taking off and there's a shedding away of those mm. things that are impure and that, you know, shouldn't be part of you. And that you God did not mean. Yeah. 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 God didn't good. mean for you to have those things. Absolutely. And, and that is why, guys, hear me clearly. That is why spousal influence is so important. See, I thought we was going to talk about something different, but see, let's go deep. Spousal influence is the ability for your spouse to impact, affect, and even sway your emotions and your behaviors. It's being open to the needs, opinions, and values of your spouse. Spousal influence is about allowing your spouse to influence you towards becoming a better version of yourself. And, and that don't always feel good. And it, Yeah. So going back to what Mandy just mentioned in terms of the pressure, what I've found is that you don't get married to your spouse to become a better version of yourself. Actually, you mm-hmm. you get married thinking that the moment that you were in, the moment that you decided that you wanted to be married, that snapshot, that mm-hmm. that moment of emotion, you take a snapshot of that. And that's the barometer that you used to determine the success of your marriage this current state of happiness and mm-hmm. excitement and joy mm-hmm. is like it's almost like that's the snapshot that we take that make us want to get married and then once we get married we're not expecting for our spouse to help us to get rid of our daddy issues i'm talking about myself y'all um maybe i'm just the only one with, that had daddy issues no. uh, we don't expect that our spouse is going to help us work through um, the past abuse, maybe it's physical, emotional, sexual abuse that mm-hmm. you may have gone through. You don't expect mm-hmm. for your spouse to, 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 to put you or maybe allow situations to come up that's going to press you and put pressure on you to actually respond better, develop better coping skills than you maybe use when you were going through that traumatic situation. Right, right. And so we don't, we don't think about all the, the, the underbelly of marriage. We think about the excitement, the sex, the, the companionship. Emotion. What'd you say? Emotion. The emotion, all that. But we don't think about, wait a minute, this person is like, I got to change. Because a lot of times, again, if we're honest, we're not getting married expecting to change into better people. Yeah. Yeah. And I know some people are like, you shouldn't expect somebody to change for you or you shouldn't change for somebody else, but you should change for yourself. Yes. Yes. You should grow for yourself. And hopefully you don't want your, you know, you or your spouse to remain the same as you did the day that you fell in love or what you know <laughs> fell in lust or fell well, in infatuation so fell in somewhere y'all <laughs> fell somewhere, fell yeah, somewhere. quit falling you know what i mean but that's true or yeah. whenever you decided that you wanted to love each other for the rest of your mm. life hopefully you do not hopefully you don't expect that you all will stay that exact way or that your yeah. feelings will stay that exact way yeah. because yeah. you're going to grow and change and yeah. evolve yeah and life happens after children after job change or relocation after just getting older, you will change not just mm-hmm. your body, but your emotion, your mm-hmm. view of life. Mm-hmm. And so if you're expecting to stay the same, mm-hmm. then you're in for <laughs> you're in for an experience. And I'll just say this. This will be for another episode. But I think it's just also like you'll hear people say, I wish my spouse would tell me that they didn't love me anymore and that type mm. of thing. But actually, your your spouse should feel safe enough to let you know if their feelings are wavering so you can work through it mm-hmm. so that they're not hiding things. But yeah. I know that's for a different time. And then y'all can come see me. Schedule an appointment in my office and we can talk <laughs> through it because I'm, I'm there to help you. 
Um, but real stuff, yeah. But this is really real. This is this is some true stuff. And and see, think about this in marriage, your spouse and you are to intentionally allow your spouse to push, sometimes provoke, and ultimately influence you towards becoming who God has created you to be. And that doesn't happen just by waking up with them. Like there's going to be some pressure, like Mandy said, some conflicts, some trials, some issues, some things that you got to work through in order for them to poke, push and influence you to becoming who God really sees you as and wants you to manifest into. Yeah. And I think it works best and we're able to submit best to this when both people are open to that, Mm. open to be vulnerable, open to put their flaws and their issues and their areas that need improvement on the table. Yeah. So you can both hold each other accountable. And that's why we're doing today's episode, because my belief and my desire is that if you are aware of this, if both of y'all, because y'all listening to this podcast together. So hopefully, (laughs) hopefully, if not, you don't have to. But I'm just saying, if y'all are both aware that this process needs to take place, then you will allow it to take place and you Mm -hmm. won't penalize them for doing their job. Mm -hmm. Right. Because if you think about it, the healthiest marriages and this is from experience and research, the healthiest marriages share spousal influence. There's no way around it. And please understand that along with the good times, your marriage is going to be one of the most challenging and trying relationships that you will ever have on this side of life, right? It kind of goes to what Mandy was saying about the pressure. There's going to be some pressure. Don't buy into the fantasy that says that if your marriage is meant to be, it shouldn't take any hard work. Oh my gosh, that is (laughs) such a fallacy. Yeah, actually the opposite is true, right? Anything that is valuable is going to come at a cost. Right. And your marriage is one of the, if not the most valuable relationships that you will ever have in your life. And I, I'm sorry. I'm just, it, it just. Preach, baby. It, like it's just amazing. It's you just amazing to me now. I'm you good. little tower to dab I'm your good. forehead. I'm okay, cool. Okay. You oh, so I'm silly. Sorry, I'm sorry. No, I'm just saying it's just amazing that people, people can recognize that in order to bring anything into the world, bring life to anything, you know, for anything to, you know, have value, it takes work, you know, Mm -hmm. bringing a child into the world, it takes work, getting a degree, it takes work, you know, getting promotions at work, it takes work. But people think for whatever reason, the marriage relationship shouldn't take work. Mm. So to me, I just, it's just amazing. No, 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 that's good. I, I, again, again, listen, guys, Marriage will require a level of work. And I'm not here to de-romanticize per se marriage because it's a beautiful institution, but it's also something that you have to commit to applying yourself to. Your marriage is not going to change on its own. Your, Your marriage is going to need you and your spouse to really be intentional about changing and growing. And because that don't happen, that's why you married your spouse. That's why God is using your spouse as your, your mirror. Because he knows that a lot of times we get comfortable, we get complacent, we drop our guard. We, you know, we start the new year off with some new year resolutions. We want to work out, we want to lose 30 pounds or whatever the case may be. But when it comes to April, you know, and that income tax time come and you get comfortable because now you got some money and you're happy. (laughs) Now you drop your guard and you stop being intentional. The same as in marriage. Now that you got your spouse, you don't have to work to keep them. Mm -hmm. Right. It's now we just start going to work and we get into the rut, the rut and the routine of marriage. And unfortunately, when that happens, we don't change. We don't grow. Mm -hmm. And so your spouse, their job is to reflect back to you the areas that you need to grow in. Mm -hmm. And if you're not aware of that, you may think that they are the enemy 
You may think that because you guys keep bumping heads or because you guys keep having the same argument or because they keep saying you're selfish, that there's something wrong with them. Well, maybe it's time to listen to what they're really saying and to actually understand that, wait a minute, there's something in me that they're seeing that maybe I have a blind spot to. Yeah. Maybe I'm nose blind mm-hmm. to it and I don't smell my own issues. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, you've heard the phrase, I'm sure most of you eat the meat but spit out the bones. So maybe they're saying it in a way that they shouldn't say it. Mm-hmm. And maybe immediately you just get offended by their tone. Or maybe they can use more tact in how they're explaining it to you. But, you know, get along with God. Take some time and say, okay, God, I didn't like, you know, the way that my, my spouse said this to me. But if there is any truth in this, please mm-hmm. reveal it to me. Yeah. Please open my heart and take away the spirit of offense. And help me to see if there's anything here. No, no. I like the fact that you just brought that up because I'm actually going to give you guys one formula. I'm going to give you guys actually a thing that you can remember that will help that process take place so that you don't get offended and so that they don't get offended when you guys are reflecting back to each other their heart. Or if you do get offended, it rises up. You can push that down. Deal with it. Yeah, exactly. So there's one simple formula that makes attaining spousal influence extremely possible what's that baby but wait before i do (laughs) before i dive into that um i do want to give time for our sponsor because part of what we're doing different this year is we're giving individuals whether it's stuff that we do or other individuals an opportunity to you know promote products that are marriage centric so if you have things that you would like to promote that are marriage centric meaning they are intentionally designed to help marriages grow right we want to give you guys an opportunity to actually put it on our show as a sponsor so i'll tell you at the end of the show how to contact us to do that but for first time for the first time this year we got dibs so (laughs) um i want to give you guys time to i want to give a quick word to our important sponsor So this episode is brought to you on behalf of my brand new book, the one that I promised way back in episode number 64. It's titled The 37 Laws to Mastering Marriage, and it is literally the handbook on marriage. This book outlines 37 truths that you must have knowledge on pertaining to your marriage if you want it to not only survive, but thrive. To learn more about this new book, Go to MasteringMarriageLaws.com. That's M-A-S-T-E-R-I-N-G MarriageLaws.com. Trust me, guys, you won't be disappointed. Now back to the show. Before the break, I mentioned that there is one simple formula that makes attaining spousal influence extremely possible. We're waiting. Well, I want you to go and get something to write with, right? Go get get a pen and pad. Because I want you to write this formula down. I want you to tattoo it on your forehead. I want you to remember no, this. Not that deep. Okay, don't tattoo it on your forehead, but at least <laughs> at least tattoo it on your heart. Okay? Remember this. There you go. This is the formula for spousal influence. And by the way, this is one of the thirty seven laws. This topic, this concept is one of the thirty seven laws that I talk about in my book. Of course, in my book I go much more in depth about it, but if you don't want to tattoo it on your heart, the book also has it. Um so here it is. So the first part of the formula is this. Safety and security produces vulnerability. Vulnerability produces intimacy. And intimacy produces spousal influence. Again, this is the formula for spousal influence. So if you're looking to be an influence in your spouse's life, and if you're looking to have them influence you, this formula you want to follow. Again, it's safety and security 
leads to vulnerability. Vulnerability leads to intimacy, and intimacy leads to spousal influence. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take just a few seconds or minutes or whatever to, to go through each of these areas of the formula, because I want you to have an understanding of what each of these mean so that you can actually know how to effectively and successfully incorporate them into your marriage. Yeah. So the first thing is safety and security. Here's, here's what safety and security is all about. You want to make sure that inside of your marriage, your spouse is feeling extremely comfortable being as defenseless as possible. If you bring something up to them, like Mandy was alluding to this earlier, and they get, a, they get offended or defensive, what that really means is that you did not do a good job of creating a safe place. See, sometimes we like to just put the blame on them when we could be responsible. And it may not have been in that moment, because I can hear people now, like, I came to... I came to them, you know, in good spirits and they got an attitude right away. Mm -hmm. What was that about? Then probably this is about that meaning mm. that maybe a year ago, this chick preaching, y'all. <laughs> maybe a year ago, you know, when this topic was broached, you know, you responded and you, you judged them in a, in a certain way or they were vulnerable with you and expressed themselves um, maybe a few times before. But your response caused them to retreat. Mm. So now when you broach this this topic and ask some questions about this topic, they're snappy. Yeah. Even if you come to them now and maybe you're trying to change, maybe, you know, they're, they're still wounded. Mm. Yeah, this is that's that's smart. That's really good, because here's the thing. You have to know what your spouse requires in order for them to feel safe and secure around you. Yes, it's different for everyone. It's different for everyone. And safety and security is not just about physical safety and security. No. I'm more so speaking about emotional safety and security. Mm -hmm. What is the conditions or the parameters that your spouse requires in order for them to be uh, to feel very safe being vulnerable with you? And not just even emotional. Um, there are several areas of intimacy, which we've talked about before, and I'm sure we'll dive into even more mm -hmm. as we go through the podcast. Um, but in all areas of intimacy, you know, you want your spouse to feel uh, safe and secure. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you have to understand what they need. See, what they need is most likely different than what you need. And if you're not keeping in mind that their needs are different than your needs, you may try to give them what you need in order to fix their problem mm -hmm. or in order to make them feel safe around you. And, and if we're honest, a lot of us probably do that, yeah, you know, exactly. because if you're if you're not familiar with this concept of safety and security and the fact that everybody is different, you probably have never taken the time and be honest, you mm. probably never have taken the time to check with your spouse to see. Yeah. Like I want you all just to pause even right now. And I want you to, if you have that pen and pad, write down, what does it mean for you to feel safe and secure? Let's just say emotionally mm -hmm. and then have your spouse write it down separately Yeah, and then look at it and see and see i'm sure you'll probably see that we're right it's going to be different yeah just have them write down what they need from you in order to feel emotionally safe and you do the same thing mm -hmm. and then that way there's no no more guessing games right now you know and knowledge is power and see once you understand the concept of safety and security then that produces vulnerability right and see this is a this is psychology but it's not just human psychology this is nature right you take a dog and you make a dog feel safe and secure that dog is going to submit to you that dog is going to be open and receptive and want to play and enjoy itself but if it don't feel safe around you then it's going to want to bite you it's not going to want to be around you the same or it's going to run from you it's going to run from you it's going to retreat exactly the same with your spouse right if they feel comfortable being around you they'll 
be vulnerable with you. Yeah. And vulnerability is the second thing that happens inside of this equation. So safety and security, if you're good at that, or if you are... If you created uh, that safe and secure place for your spouse. Then it leads to vulnerability. Correct. And then vulnerability is when they aren't guarded. It's when they're defenseless. It's when they're open. It's when they're transparent, right? And you want them to be transparent. You want them to be vulnerable. You want them to not be defensive because the opposite of intimacy is defensiveness. Mm -hmm. It's when they have their guard up, they're, they ain't trying to listen to you. They ain't trying to respond. They ain't trying to be open. They're not trying to give you anything inside of the conversation because guess what? You started off by blaming them, right? We are, in, in psychology, we say, you know, and I teach this with couples, I say start off by using I statements because if Mandy does something and I say, well, you just did this and I don't like that, automatically she has to defend herself. But if I say, you know what, there, I noticed that when this happened, I felt uncomfortable. Um, how did you experience that? Yeah. Then all of a sudden, she's more vulnerable. She's more open to having a conversation. Mm -hmm. She don't feel or, like she has to protect herself. Or if your spouse is saying, I'm feeling like I'm not getting this from you, and then you turn around and say, well, I'm not getting this from you, mm. then, yep. okay, so then how are you going to find any resolve? Yep. And then that's showing them if they're bringing a concern to you, you're just concerned about yourself. Mm. And love, loving unconditionally is supposed to be you what? Giving. Mm -hmm. It's a gift. And in order... To give, you have to actually give. You can't wait to receive, right? See, and a lot of times we expect for our spouse to give us something in order for us to be or feel happy enough to love them back. And unconditional love means there's no conditions. So I'm responsible for what I give my spouse. And to help them to be vulnerable, I have to do a better job of creating a safe place. Now, once I've created a safe place, once I've seen that they're vulnerable, they're open, they're receptive to me, that leads to intimacy. And what Mandy was talking about earlier, there are actually six types of intimacy. And I'm not going to spend all day talking about those because that's a whole nother hour. Um, but if you check out the book, the new book that, that I talked about in the sponsor section, Minus Bomb. Mm, that will cover the six types of intimacy. Actually, the law is called the law of the big six. Mm -hmm. um, and it breaks down the fact that intimacy is not just about physical affection. It's also mm -hmm. other areas. And the main one in this particular concept is the emotional intimacy. It's being able to transfer emotions, feeling comfortable, allowing my spouse to see the the good emotions, the bad emotions, or I guess the positive and negative emotions, whatever you want to call it, but allowing her to see both and allowing her to influence me to become better in those areas, to grow in those areas. But if I have an issue, like for instance, um, I'll give you guys a story, a real life story. Actually, you know what? Let me, let me finish this concept, this, this formula. Then I'll get, I'll tell you a real life story about us. So intimacy, again, it's all about connection. It's all about mm -hmm. transparency. It's mm -hmm. all about vulnerability. Mm -hmm. It's all about two becoming one. Mm -hmm. And when there's intimacy, then that increases the chances of influence. Right. And, and like I said earlier, influence is about your spouse being able to help you to become a better version of yourself. Mm -hmm. And right? you being open to receive mm. like constructive criticism and support. And when they're trying to help still steer you in the right direction. Yeah, exactly. And so here's a story that um, I tell from time to time about this topic. So years ago, this probably had to be four or five years ago. Um, cause it was before I was growing my hair. It was while I was growing my hair. So probably four and a half years ago. Um, we were, Mandy and I were going to this Christian, Christian comedy show and you know, Mandy's natural. I'm natural. So we were both growing our hair and I was having one of those moments where I wasn't really feeling my hair cause it was just at that stage where I didn't know what to do. So, you know, and plus 
uh, we were running late to get to the show. And so there was already some tension because we were rushing. Not any conflict, but just some tension. Um, and so I'm, you know, getting dressed, trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my hair, if I'm going to wear a hat or whatever. And here Mandy comes, prancing out of my closet. We have, we always, ever since we've been married, we've always never shared closets, which is, I think, a smart thing for us. <laughs> um, just saying. Um, but she comes out of my closet with my Kango hat on. And immediately, I kind of jumped down her throat. I kind of attacked her. I called her selfish. I said, why would you wear my hat? And this is a, this is when... Without asking. Yeah, and, and by the way, this is in the healthy stages of our marriage, mm-hmm. right? So, um, I, and I don't think I actually said you're being selfish, but I kind of in, uh, assumed that that's where, that was pretty much it. Pretty much it was just, I didn't ask. It was yeah. more centered around, I went in there. You went in there, you didn't You didn't ask. even ask if you... I wanted to wear it or yeah. whatever. He just kind of <laughs> like just, spent just... out of control. And I was just looking like, Yeah, because she came out prancing like, look you know, at me. I was trying to model cute. for him. And, like, and I just attacked cute. her. Because I'm, I'm like, look, like, you went in my closet and you didn't ask me. And you didn't know if I was going to wear my hat first. Yeah, in my mind, I'm just like, that? you know, we finna go to the comedy show. I'm not even finna deal with this right now. I'm just going to walk out. So what happened was, after I kind of, you know, attacked her, you know, in our way. This is our way of attacking. It, it wasn't physical or nothing. But after I made her feel completely unsafe, we kind of were quiet for a while, for about five minutes, um, or in, I guess until we got in the car. And, like, during that silence, that's when God started to speak to me. And he was like, uh, what just happened? I was like, well, this chick went in my closet and took my hat. No, he was like, no, what just happened? And usually y'all know when God asks you a question, he's not looking for your first response. <laughs> and so... I had to think about it. And as I was thinking, he took me back in time. Like he, and this was a split second. So all I can, I don't know how to explain it correctly, but I just know he, he showed me flashes of my past. And one of the flashes he showed me was a time when I was around 12 or 13 living with my mom and my three sisters. And all of us are, we're a year apart for, so the oldest was 15, no, 14. No, the oldest was 14. My other oldest was 13, then I was 12, and my youngest is 11. So we were all a year apart, like stair-stepped. So that meant we were all around the same height at the same time. Um, and what my sisters used to have a habit of doing was going into my closet and taking my clothes. And it was three of them, so I couldn't fight them all off at the same time. So one would take, or I would just end up going to school, and I would see one of my sisters in the hallway, and they got my shirt and my pants on. And so it was like I, I felt extremely violated because... That's my stuff. So I had to learn at a young age how to be extremely, I had to learn at a young age how to be extremely selfish and territorial. And so I brought that mindset into my marriage, but I was unaware of the depth of where it actually came from until the situation occurred. And that's when God showed me that how I responded to my wife was exactly how I used to respond to my sisters. And he showed me that that it wasn't her that was being selfish. It was me. Because in marriage, it's all about sharing. It's all about oneness. So what's mine is mine and yours. And what's yours is yours and mine. But there is no, like, you took my hat. This is ours. Now, granted, it's my hat. But at the end of the day, it's still hers. Mm -hmm. Right? And so he showed me that. And I had to actually swallow my pride and go to my wife. And, I mean, it wasn't hard at that time because we practiced this. But I had to actually go to her and say I was sorry. And guess what? I had to educate her on what was going on inside of me that caused me to react to her in that manner, right? Mm -hmm. So I gave her that information so that in the future, she understands what makes me feel safe. Oh, and I just also want to say this too. Influence sometimes is more so about being silent. Mm. So if I would have snapped off on him back. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have heard God. He wouldn't have heard God. Mm -mm. And so because of her managing that strategically, 
I was able to influence from becoming a, from being a selfish person to being more selfless in my marriage. Mm -hmm. And that's influence, mm -hmm. right? She didn't even have to say, you need to stop being selfish. She didn't say none of that. Mm -hmm. She just gave me time along with God. But again, the other side of it was I, I had to be in a position where I was able to be responsive to God. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's a, a duality to it, a duplicity. You have to do both. And it's not something you're going to know, like have a rubric and just tells you, you know, when to be silent and when to speak up in that moment. Yeah. But yeah. I think that it just comes and, and you see, OK, I think I need to walk away. Yeah. Um, and so it's something that you just kind of practice over time. And because of that, she her how she managed that conflict helped me. It influenced me to become a better version of myself because by her not fighting back, it actually made me feel safe. Right. Cause I was able to be vulnerable and drop my guard and not necessarily be defensive towards her. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I was able to hear God and guess what happened? So, so let me, let's walk through the formula. Safety and security was her. And I'm not saying you have to walk away every time. There's going to be a moment. No, that's why I said up. there's going to be times yeah. where that's why I mentioned what I mentioned about yeah. how do you know, how do you know if it's going to be a time to be quiet or say something? Yep. You, you won't know ahead of time. You'll know in the moment. Yep. Yep. And, and if you don't know in the moment, step back, don't say anything. And then if <laughs> and you need to come back and say something, then do. And, and she didn't do that. She didn't have to say anything. She just took her time to say, OK, I'm going to step away from this conversation. And in doing so, it actually made me drop my guard. Yeah. So that's vulnerability. Yeah. His whole back to the future moment with God <laughs> happened <Back to laughs> in, in yeah. a short amount of time, like literally on the way to the comedy show. So mm -hmm. I didn't even have an opportunity to, you know, let things calm down and say something because yeah. God had already dealt with Started them. Started to deal with my heart. And, and again, yeah. Well, I was just going to also just say, um, and sometimes when you are quiet, Again, don't look at that as weakness mm -mm. because sometimes when it you're takes quiet, more strength to hold your tongue. Yeah, but sometimes the Bible, when, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. Go I just ahead, got go, go. I'm, just, I'm just saying go the Bible ahead. even says that the a person that can control their tongue mm -hmm. is stronger than a person that can take over a city. Yeah, I know that that's not 2020. You know, that's not how people live in 2020. But I guess what I was going to say was when you're <laughs> quiet, um, a lot of times that leaves um, God room to bring conviction mm. instead of condemnation. Yep. So yep. when you just go off and just snap back at somebody, you know, a lot of times it's just, you know, you're condemning them and you're saying things to hit below the belt to get back at them. Yeah. It keeps the conflict active. It keeps mm -hmm. the the fire burning. Mm -hmm. And again, this was her approach to that particular situation, not every situation. Right. But right. because of that, I was able to to be vulnerable enough to hear God. And mm -hmm. then intimacy came. Mm -hmm. Intimacy in that situation was us, was me actually sharing with my wife mm -hmm. why I reacted the way I reacted. That yeah. gave her a deeper level of knowledge. So that increased our connection because mm -hmm. I was able to say, I'm still dealing with past tra childhood trauma that mm -hmm. I was unaware of. Yeah. Right. So because of that, it increased her influence in my life. And now, and that's, you know, after that situation, I've become less selfish. Right. And it, it's made it yeah. easy for me to, to see those opportunities as opportunities for me to, like what she wanted to celebrate the fact that she was trying to look cute in my hat versus <laughs> feeling like she was just taking my stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. So this is, I'm telling you this, it gets deeper. It really gets deeper, mm -hmm. but we wanted to take some time just to kind of scratch the surface mm -hmm. to let you guys know that God's true intention is about you becoming the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. And he's going to use your spouse mm -hmm. to do that. Mm -hmm. But often our own insecurities, our own inadequacies or our own personal struggles block us from being influenced by our spouse like mine did or mine almost did in the hair or the hat situation. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to wrap up. But I, before we conclude, 
I want to give you guys four questions for you to ask and answer. Okay, so here's four questions. Write these down. Make sure that you answer these for yourself, for your spouse, or have your spouse answer these as well, because it'll only produce more growth. Question number one is this. How much influence do you have in your spouse's life and vice versa? Right. Mm -hmm. How much influence do you have? Do you feel like you could ask them to do most of anything and then they'll concede? And even in healthy couples, like I know for Mandy and I, like she'll ask me to do something and I may immediately say no. So influence is not saying yes on the first try, but right. because Mandy, she knows me, she knows that she may, and she may ask like two or three times before I say yes, but influence is me saying yes, right? It's me yeah. saying, you know what? Like, let me Thinking get out, about it. Think, and... Let me think about it. Let me get out of my own way. And then ultimately let me make a decision that's best for us, not just best for me. Right. So how much influence do you have in your spouse's life? Question number two is this, how well have you done with creating a safe and secure environment for your spouse? inside of your marriage. This this is mm -hmm. your mm -hmm. opportunity to evaluate how well you're doing in this area. Yeah. Right? Question number three. Does your spouse feel comfortable being vulnerable with you? This is a good one, guys. And vulnerability, again, this is more about emotional vulnerability. Right? So do they feel comfortable or how comfortable do they feel? Maybe you need to ask them that. Right. Don't just guess. Say, baby, how how comfortable do you feel, you know, being very vulnerable and completely defenseless with me? Mm -hmm. If they say they don't or they struggle or they struggle sometimes to feel comfortable, don't get offended. Get to action. Mm -hmm. Understand that this means that you got to do a better job of creating a safe place. Don't, don't take it personal. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because you may say, well, that's your issue. That's your trauma. But really, you... <laughs> You guys are one now, so mm -hmm. you got to help them grow. Yes, it's so. no theirs and yours. It's your, it's your, who is it? It's y'all. It's y'all's. It's y'all's. <laughs> and, and so number question number four is this. When are they most likely to resist your influence? What are the conditions? What are the parameters? What are the moments inside of your marriage where they are most likely to resist your influence? Is it when they're hungry? Is it when they're angry? Is it when they're uncomfortable? Is it when they're lonely? Is it when they're tired? By the way, that's an acronym for HALT, H-A-U-L-T. That's actually one of the laws of marriage that I talk about in my book. But mm -hmm. when are the moments when they're likely to resist your influence, right? And we all have them, so no one is perfect. I know mine. You know yours when you're more likely, baby, to influence, resist my influence? Yeah. Okay. Definitely. So we both know. <laughs> um, but take some time to assess the spousal influence that you and your spouse share with each other. OK, and then take some time to increase knowledge in this area so that God can truly get the best version of you out of you. Mm. OK, and feel free to tell us about this journey. Right. We want to hear all about it. You can actually go to masteringourmarriage.com slash episode 65 if you want to leave any comments or questions. I believe in the lower right half of the screen. If you're on a computer, uh, you can leave a voicemail message. Mm -hmm. uh, we actually want to get back to some Q&A too. We want to answer some live, some questions live on air. Mm -hmm. So we may get back to doing that as well. But yeah. if you have any questions, some thoughts or whatever about this episode, go to go to masteringourmarriage.com slash episode 65 to leave your comments about this particular episode. Or you can email us directly at info at mendourmarriage.com. That's info at mendourmarriage.com. Mm -hmm. And remember, you can check out the book 
my brand new book that I wrote, The 37 Laws to Mastering Marriage. Yeah, I really need to get it. All you have to do is go to MasteringMarriageLaws.com to check that out. Yes. Um, I'm telling you, I guarantee this this book will change your life. I want it to be on par with the five love languages and love and respect. Mm. That, that's how I wrote the book. It's thick, um, y'all. It's jam-packed full of goodness. <laughs> and then lastly, guys, you could subscribe in iTunes and leave an honest rating and review there. I think we have a 4.5 out of 5 star rating, so that's pretty high. Um, we have hundreds of reviews and ratings there, so keep them coming. Um, I've read them. People are saying, why y'all stop? We're giving you a low rating because y'all ain't doing podcasts no more. <laughs> so we got penalized for that. So yes. we're back, guys. We're back. So sorry. Forgive us. You can also subscribe in Spotify. Um, and remember, it is you who can help us break the back of divorce. That's right. So share these episodes, comment and fa- on Facebook, because we're going to put this on Facebook as well as we mm-hmm. usually do. Mm-hmm. So you can share them. Now we're back. So um, we appreciate that time. We love you guys for um, your energy and your listening and your questions. And until next time, we out, y'all. Deuce, deuce. Deuce, deuce.